0: Hello, everybody. Locked On Big 12 Podcast is our weekly roundtable. No Stephen Simcox. Tonight, I am Josh Neighbors, Locked On Big 12. To my right, it is John Williams of Locked On Sooners. Below him, it is Jake Hatch of Locked On Cougars. To his left, it is Lynn Godfrey of Locked On Pokes. We are the crew. We're going to play a video. Then we're going to get to a lot of different topics tonight in Big 12 country and beyond.
1: Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Locked On Big 12 podcast here. Uh, A lot to get to, and and there's not a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to. It's this weird time where we're between bowl season, but also the early signing day, which I think we all probably believe is going to go away here pretty soon is right there also that's actually happening tomorrow probably when this show comes out for most of you all um so i guess let's just start there john like i think we all agree that early signing day was a really good idea to start off with but because of what it's done to the coaching carousel it is now not obsolete but they have to do something about the way it's structured
2: yeah it was an unintended consequence of early signing day where coaches don't want to be behind the eight ball, taking over a new program. So they, or the universities don't want to be behind the eight ball, bringing in a new coach. And so they're having to make these coaching decisions like they did with USC and Clay Helton two weeks into the season so that they can stay on top of what they're wanting to get done on the recruiting front. And, you know, Lincoln Riley makes a move just as, you know, in-home visits are going to start, but that's not just Lincoln Riley, but it's, you know, Brian Kelly, it's any coaching transition that occurred the week after championship uh, Saturday, it's a you could probably relate it a lot to the early signing period, the in-home visits starting, and all that. And so, yeah, it's it, it it was probably one of those things where they they didn't necessarily see what right. was going to happen until it happened, and they're like, "Oh, well, we probably need to scale this back." And and if the NCAA does it, you know, it's a credit to them for actually changing the decision because you know we know that they're not necessarily quick to change, uh, but it seems like one of those things that most coaches uh Are not fond of the early signing period. Um, I don't. I think it it just creates another obstacle for uh, just keeping kind of team cohesion a little bit because mm-hmm. now you know the last three weeks of the of the regular season, everybody's wondering is my coach leaving to go somewhere else. We saw it with SMU, Sunny Dykes going to TCU, Uh and so it, it's just it's just a weird phenomenon that's taking place in college football now.
0: And then Jade, almost I mean, you know, it could have affected BYU in a weird way where. They were not the, you know, the school that was initially doing the firing and the rehiring. It was, it could have been the school where, hey, we got caught up in the fray. And in December, our coach went to USC or Oregon or Washington, right? All those schools came available and Kalani Stocky was in con- not, you know, in the conversations saying like him talking to. But obviously his name was brought up for all of those jobs. Yeah. schools like that as well too. And usually you think BYU is a bit more, um, not static, but a bit more solid with kind of, you know, where they do things. Still, it's not true when you had got a coach like Sataki, who is, uh, you know, starting to become a brand in his own right.
3: Yeah. And that, that's the thing about that is there were so many rumors out there about him. But when you've won 21 games over the past two seasons – Inevitably, there are going to be programs to say, okay, can he recreate that success in our program for us? And I completely understand why a USC, a Washington, or an Oregon would kick the tires on him. The the nice part is Kalani is a BYU guy. He grew up rooting for the Cougars. He got to play for Lavelle Edwards here in Provo. He, he, He wanted to remain at BYU. That was his prerogative the whole time. And BYU finally, they, they decided we're going to put up. They put up the money that made sure that he was going to stay put, and I'm actually very happy for that because mm-hmm. it made sure that the success probably is going to continue for at least a foreseeable future.
0: Uh, Linda, you can give your thoughts in the early signing period or whatever, but what a little bit of Mike Gundy Florida action happening right now, right? You want to get that tan a little bit more tan. Uh, oh, is, was there any – all right, put take off the unbiased glasses as I'm just doing right there. Um, Absolutely not. Because, yeah, <laughs> was there any, um you know, what was your feeling about there was there's some talk behind that, truth or not? I, I do think there is like an idea, you know, of like, hey, has he had enough in one spot? Now he's got carte blanche. You know, I, there were some conversations last year about, hey, is he it time to move on potentially? But I think this year was kind of reaffirmation of like, look, every once in a while, he'll get you really freaking close to the top and. That's kind of all you can ask for at Oklahoma State because I think it's a bad program, but like it's a pretty damn good place to be in. every once in a while you're, you're sniffing almost a college ball playoff, or you know, like we saw back in 2010s, almost national championship with that Brandon Whedon team. Uh, pretty good that he's able to kind of reinvent himself and keep going. But also makes sense that maybe he considered talk about sniff another job.
1: I don't know. I think every time he sniffed another job, it's been in an attempt to make more money at Oklahoma State. His yes. kids go to school at that high school. They play football for Stillwater. I-, I think he's just so accustomed to being there. He's been there damn near his entire career. So almost every time I hear some kind of inkling that, like the a couple of years ago, he was like talking to Tennessee. I think it's been more than a couple of years now. But uh, mm. time is irrelevant. And um, so, I but it's always just been like you're not going anywhere i've seen where you live i know like you've they have roots like legitimate roots there and just like the age of his kids and everything it didn't ever really make sense now his kids are leaving you know they're going to be leaving high school soon but it's going to get to a point i think he'll just be there till he's done and then retire in Stillwater and be a local hero i think he likes being that local hero can't really blame him you know he's put on a pedestal there so just living the dream at whatever age he is with his mullet and his bad tan.
0: Can you guys, can you guys believe the fact that how crazy the coaching carousel is? And we're at a point now, like shortly removed from it where I'm like, Linda, my, uh, you know, Mike considered Florida, right. Or fake considered Florida. Like it was so red hot. And now it's not. No, I will say this. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, the next wrinkle in all of this, right. It seems to be like the waves are calm, a little steady, the national football league. Is the next wrinkle, right? Uh, I think, and I love the tweets from the sports radio talkers or producers. It's always like Ryan Day, fifty-fifty on the Bears' job, and everybody's like, "What in the hell are we talking about here?" But, but the NFL, you know, I'm not sure. And we all, I think we all follow it pretty closely. I mean, to my knowledge, I think we all we all do. I look at all your tweets, so I I know. <laughs> uh, not that I'm stalking you guys, but I'm, I'm aware. There are gonna be some openings. Uh there are gonna be at least, you know, a few openings. Um I think the NFC North gets at least one. I would I would suggest probably maybe even three for that division. I don't know. I'm not sure where that's heading. If I was if I was the, the owners in those divisions, maybe would say three. Um and beyond that, there are always going to be some also. But you know, I'll go around here real quickly. John, if you were to say from college ranks, consider anybody Lincoln's always a hot name. Goes to USC, probably off the board. Ryan Day and Matt Campbell. Ryan Day and Matt
2: Campbell are the two you look at right off the bat. Where are you going, my friend? Oh man, I I am not of the mind that going to the NFL is inherently a better job than playing than coaching in college football. That's just and and this is coming from a person who got his start covering the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a totally different ball game. And so if you're Ryan Day. I mean, you're going to have opportunities because you're a hot name with a really good team at Ohio State that overcame a, an early season, an ugly early season loss with a true freshman or freshman quarterback. I can't remember C.J. Stroud. Where what doesn't matter with variety of freshmen? Yeah, he's, he's he's a young quarterback getting his you know getting his kicks in. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that that says something about his capabilities as a head coach. At the same time, like he can watch the guy that he took over for in Jacksonville struggling. <laughs> I hadn't think about that. Yet. I and hadn't actually wonder, thought about that. Do I really want to take that on? Because he's got complete control at Ohio State. He goes to the NFL. He's got a general manager, an owner, a player personnel director, a scouting director, all these different guys that he's got to an- like kind of coordinate with and several people he has to answer to. Whereas at Ohio State, yes, he technically answers to the president and the athletic director. But let's be real the head football coach at a premier college football program, they answer to him. And so, especially if you're a winner. And so I I think Matt Campbell is probably the more likely name to move to the NFL. If he's going to move. I kind of feel like he's in that Mike Gundy kind of mold where he could stay in college forever at one place. Um, But it's hard to say that that guy's kind of a, he, he's a mystery to me a little bit.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll ask this now to to Jake. I mean, the Ryan Day points well taken. Now he's really in rumors of the Bears Bears job. I think that is a lot because number one location, Ohio to Chicago, and number two proximity, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and the quarterback. But Matt Campbell's super interesting because are we sure that Lions job isn't gonna stay is gonna stay locked
3: down? Hey, Dan Campbell wants to bite your kneecaps. Leave him alone. Okay? <laughs> He'll bite I, your kneecaps. But they also did offer Matt, Matt Campbell. Yeah. Apparently yeah. turned
0: down the offer last year.
3: Yeah. So, so I, I think, you know,
0: how yeah. do you see this happening here, Jake?
3: I, I'm with John. And Matt Campbell's such a mystery to me. The fact that he's mm-hmm. stuck around there in Ames as long as he has is just baffling to me. I want to throw one wild card name out there, though. It's a guy that's out this way out in the West. David Shaw, Stanford, Mm -hmm. runs Mm -hmm. his program like an NFL franchise. And right now, things are not great at Stanford. They've had a bevy of guys transfer, and they've got entering the transfer portal. And it doesn't seem like things are going to turn around very quickly. He is rumored to have been interested in NFL gigs in the past. I think he'd probably want to stay on the West Coast if he was going to do an NFL-type thing. But who knows? You throw enough money at him, maybe he decides it's time to make that plunge. I
0: thought David Shaw was, was a good guy for the Giants job. Actually, I've I've thought David Shaw would be a good guy multiple times for the Giants job. Um and yeah, I think it's a great point because I don't know if Stanford being bad takes the shine off him as an NFL coaching commodity because of the restrictions of Stanford,
3: right? Like hey, the He likes to punt on the opposing 30 yard line. It, it, he's perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the conservative nature of of David Shaw's coaching strategy makes him makes him absolutely perfect for it. Um, Linda, you're very much, I think out of all of us, you, you're, you're definitely one foot in both worlds, uh, you know, as much as any of us are. So, you know, your thoughts on this and, and, uh, will the next round of, of college, and actually to John's point to add this in there, the recruiting is the opposite side of like, do you want to be accountable to everybody? It is, do you want to, you know, to the anti-college side, well, do you want to recruit? Uh, What are your thoughts on that for guys like day Campbell Shaw or anybody else you want to check out there as well?
1: I agree with both of them that Matt Campbell is kind of a big question mark. I think he could definitely surprise people and take a job. I do think Dan Campbell stays one more year in Detroit because they are not going to be done building after this draft. And I think they're going to need a second year to kind of uh, still be at the bottom half of, you know, he was always going to be the, the out guy that you blamed at the end. So I think he probably sees another year just based on what they need as a team. But I think, I Matt think- Campbell might
0: have known that was coming and made the right decision to stay. I think Matt Campbell might have seen, seen this. Yeah. Dude,
1: you don't want to be the fall guy for the Detroit Lions. Hard pass. Uh, which is why, like, I love Dan Campbell so much. I just want to see him succeed. It's not going to happen, but I want it. Uh, I If Ryan Day goes to the NFL after taking Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, I'm going to be – so salty so i hope he stays at ohio state because he already stole one precious thing from me but uh it's always i mean there's always one name that gets brought up that you're like what what What? condoleezza rice what's jesus i had forgotten (laughs) about that i try to but uh you know so it's always a surprise it's it's definitely going to throw a wrench a second wrench into the college football coaching carousel that's already a mess
2: i think we can all agree urban Meyer is doing great yes john I was going to say, the, the name that we didn't bring up is Luke Fickle. Right. He's, he's busy right now preparing for the college football playoff. Didn't get in on this last round of college football hires. If there's a name that really makes a lot of sense, it's going to stay hot for the next several weeks. It's, it's Luke Fickle. I thought you were going to say several years, and I was going to be like, yeah, probably right. Yeah, I, mean, I,
0: actually, I actually thought you were going to say several years just because of the situation they're currently in. I like everything. to live in the moment. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think that's very fair. If, it, if Lincoln um,
2: Riley taught me anything, it's live in the moment.
0: Live in because you never know, never <laughs> know when I might leave you. Um, I think and, – and kind of just last point on this coaching business. Um, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is an awesome dude, so I hate saying this. I have really enjoyed watching Urban Meyer squirm. I've enjoyed it because he is a bad human being. Um, he has not had a good reputation in any place he has been. And I think, Jake, this even follows him to Utah. I had somebody commenting on one of these as well, but like, he's not this beloved individual anywhere he's gone. Really awesome college football coach. Doesn't seem to understand. And this is the crazy part to me. Doesn't seem to understand the fact that like, Hey, these guys are paid also. And some of them are paid more than you. You can't manage that. So he doesn't seem to understand that. And like the, when Trevor Lawrence said that it was like, hey, we need James Robinson out there. And like publicly, you're like, this is that to me out, out of all of this. Now, the story being bad about him being like, where'd you all win? Did anybody else read that story going, like, you picked the coaches?
2: Right. Yeah. Why
0: are, you, why are you mad at them for losing? You picked them. So, Jake, I, I, I can tell you have some thoughts. So go ahead,
3: share yeah. yours urban spent two years here at utah and he obviously he he, when he was putting that staff together he actually targeted a couple of guys on the university of utah staff uh the chief among them being Morgan the defensive coordinator Mm. and there were some pretty public uh reports out there that morgan was trying to decide which way he wanted to go The, the thing with urban is he's always been the king of the castle you can think about it his time at bowling green utah florida and then also ohio state as john mentioned these guys are the guy who runs the entire operation. When you go to the pros, it's not that way. You're, you're, As you mentioned, scouting directors, GMs, there are so many other hands in that pie that I think coaches like Urban Meyer, when they jump to the NFL level, are like, hold up, what's this dude over here doing? What's this guy doing? Why can't I just make the call? Well, guess what? Unless you're Bill Belichick, it's not how it works at the pro level, and I don't think it's going to work out long-term for Urban.
0: Yeah, it's clearly not. Like, it's just it's and i hope we can save Trevor Lawrence um he made that comment earlier in the season to Vic Fangio where he's like wow, every game is really hard it's like yeah dude there's no bowling green like maybe maybe maybe's not coming to town next week like it's, i'm sorry maybe's not it's Tennessee and Derrick Henry's coming to, coming to town like that, that's that's how this league works dude and i
2: can't believe he's to see him, to twice.
0: Job. Yeah, him twice yeah see twice yeah i think it's it's been pretty clear and and i think the I, I thought the hire was shit and um, use that term. It was bad when they started off. It was. When he tried to hire what's his face from Iowa, the strength
1: coach? Yeah, the like, known racist oh.
0: It's like, yeah. yeah, do you so you so college kids got this dude fired? Well, former college kids. You think the pros are gonna be like, sure, this guy <laughs> can be our strength and conditioning coach? No. <laughs> They're gonna be like, this? Seriously? This dude? Yeah. And the other day, I know. My guy Dan Dockich, I love working with I wish people knew Dan the way I did, made some comments being like Marvin, Marvin Jones is, you know, being a you know, soft, whatever. Like, if you make one of the guys in on the team who people respect and stuff leave the facility, and people had to be like, Come back, Marvin, come back. A guy Marvin Jones like, I'm not sure what you guys, I've never read anything bad about him in the past. Ever. Right. Ever. Ever. I've no, never read Marvin Jones bad teammate. And like, this is happening. Also, being him being like James Robinson, sorry, we could call us Hyde more carries because he fumbled one time. Like it's just all been it's all been awful. It's it's all been horrible. And like it's funny to me because guess who you are talking about for that Texas job when it came open? Not saying he wouldn't have been a good Texas head coach, but it's just funny to me that the Cons decided to go this direction and, uh, and hired or Meyer, and now it's a complete disaster. And I hope to save him. They they do Dabo Sweeney of Jacksonville. That's all I'm trying to say, right? Dabo's, you know, the things are falling apart at Clemson. I mean, how funny would that be? How funny would that be? Uh,
2: Dabo's going to be in Clemson for forever.
0: You think so? But I mean, they've lost both coordinators now. You know, so I'm actually excited to see him try to rebuild that thing. That that'd be a good. That'll be a good uh, off season conversation. All right, let's get a couple of our uh, valued sponsors in here before we get to our. Next part of the podcast, our friends at Prize Picks. So, as we transition from college football, uh, we've got college basketball overs and unders. So, Tanner Groves rebounds, we're we'll to get in on that. Porter Mosier fist pumps, they might have one of those over or under. Always unders. take the over, always take the over. because he's pumping his fists like crazy there. Uh, the college basketball, college football overs, unders, prize picks, it's, you can download it in most states. The app is available. Uh, go to that now. Use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N locked on. You get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks today. Once again, a price fix. It is available in most states, so download it today to see if it's available in yours. And also, our friends at NetSuite. This is it. The putt uh, to win the tournament. If you think that the championship, is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility. Because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software, this sounds like how the Jags are run currently. Uh, Switch to NetSuite. Right now, over 27,000 businesses have already switched to NetSuite. And right now, at the end of the year, NetSuite is offering one-of-a-kind financing for those ready to upgrade. Go to netsuite.com slash on NCAA. Once again, netsuite.com slash on NCAA to find out their special financing today. All right, so we had an interesting quote from Lane Kiffin today in terms of NIL and players getting uh, paid. Take a look at this. People really say it this way, but let's not make a mistake. I mean, we have free agency in college football, and the kids a lot of times go to where they're going to get paid the most. So no one else is saying that maybe, but, you know, the kids say this is what
3: I'm getting here for NIL, you know, and so – we really have, it is what it is, you know, free agency has been created in college football. You know, I can go, except you can't lock people into a contract. You know, they can go at any time. So
0: it's a new world that we're in, you know, and sometimes they want to come to you and say, hey, I'm, I get this much money if I go there. So this is just a whole, whole new thing to deal with. All right, so a couple things here. I don't know if Lane was upset about this, um, but number one, my first thought was, well, that's how all of America works, or actually all of the world. Person X goes to place where person X has paid the most. It's kind of how I thought about this. Number one. Number two. He's an old Miss, and let's be honest with their past they've had under Hugh Freeze particularly, and let's be honest, now back under Lane Kiffin again. Um, NIL or not, it's kind of always operated the same way that he has described it. There are some schools that are excluded in this, but from what I can glean from college football, the top guys, it's kind of a little bit of that as well. It gives you the kind of the sweetest deal, best options, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, and also, like, I know the text thing is happening or whatever, but this is um, this is capitalism. And I'm not going to complain about a coach getting paid a certain amount of money. I'm also not going to complain about kids getting a certain amount of money for going someplace as well. This is what the kids are deemed worth. This is what the coaches are deemed worth. This is kind of the world that we live in now. So, John, am I wrong here? Am I off on this? What's you kind of take on what Lane Kiffin said? Is he just pointing out the obvious, which I felt like he was?
2: I think the thing he does have a point in is that, unlike the NFL free agency where there are contracts in place, these kids aren't bound to any kind of stipulation that contractually obligates them to the university for a, a, an extended period of time. Now that is kind of what creates the free for all. And that's kind of where we're at with the transfer portal. Even before NIL came into play, the, the immediate transfer eligibility just kind of opened the door for the wild, wild west of college football free agency. NIL just kind of builds into that a little bit more. And it was inevitable with NIL coming in that this was going to start, you know, drawing certain kids to certain places because of the NIL opportunities. Uh, you, you see down at SMU, Eric Dickerson and several other alumni are, are funding their NIL program um, with some with some dollars. Oklahoma's creating a, a kind of segment of their their organization, their program, that's going to have a focus in NIL and every program will. And so it's going to be one of those things that's going to become a new normal and everybody's still trying to adjust to it. I think at some point though, they'll have to figure out a way to have the kids be obligated somehow to the school for a certain period of time based on those NIL dollars. I don't know if you can lock them in, say, all right, we're giving you this cash. You're here for four years or you pay it back. I don't know if it's going to be something like that or whatnot, but I mean, Lane Kiffin has a bit of a point, but like you said, it is capitalism and this is the way everything else works in America. How come the kids can't get an opportunity to make the cash that the, the schools are making, that the sponsors are making, that the networks are making, that the board of regents are making, like everybody else has been benefiting from this. The kids have been getting a scholarship and some other perks a little bit along the way, but not near the same income that everybody else in the sport has. Yeah, Jake.
3: Uh, I'm with John on a lot of that. The, the thing about that, watching the end of that clip, I don't know if you guys saw his eyes, speaking of Lane Kiffin. I just, I just kind of see the gears grinding in his head. I think he's sitting there thinking, okay, I am in Mississippi, and I've got to deal with the likes of Alabama, Texas coming in, Oklahoma coming in. They have big. Big time boosters who are going to inject all kinds of money into this, and they're going to funnel that money via name, image, and likeness to these recruits. He's got to be sitting there thinking, "Okay, what boosters do I have in my back pocket, and how can I battle this?" And it is, it is free agency, and it is capitalism, and it is going to be guys are going to take, okay, well, I've got this nil opportunity at this school, so that's where I'm going. Whereas maybe previous to this, they may have picked another school. Money talks, BS walks.
0: I'm with you on that. Uh, Linda? Uh,
1: I've always been a very pro college athletes should be paid. They make the money for those schools. They're the reason people tune in every week to watch them play football, basketball, whatever it is, uh, you know, wrestling tournaments. We sell those out of Galgari Arena. We go to all the things. I think those kids should be allowed to make money based on their name. And if that means that they go to a different school that has more money because they're a better player, then by God, good for you for going to two days every day in high school and everything that you did to get to that point. Whether it's God-given talent or just working your ass off every day uh, to get to that point, I think they deserve to get paid for it. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a free fall. I personally think it's pretty fun. I think Lane Kiffin looks like a sad uh, puppy. Relax, dude. I'll tell you, the way to not get boosters is to go on stage and look sad. That's certainly not going to convince me to like come there or want to play for you so buck up put your you know strap your boots on it's this is the way it is now and it's the way i think it should have been you know maybe there are some tweaks that need to be made i think that's how all new things happen kind of like with early signing day there's probably going to be some tweaks made so that it works better as a whole uh but this is that's the way the world works so
2: yeah, I was going to say, I will say that I think a lot of kids are still going to go to the school that they want to go to based right, on yeah. the tradition, the history. You know, I, I think that's what we've seen with a lot of the Oklahoma kids. like Lincoln Riley or not, they wanted to go play for Oklahoma. And so it's similar. to And I, I think we see it at a lot of schools where kids, they they have a, a school in mind they want to play for. You know, BYU's and, got the religious element. I was going to say that's very true of BYU as well, yes. Yeah.
0: Go ahead, John. Sorry for no, that's that. It. No, that was it. Well, so so to me, a couple of things here. Number one, look, I want the – you know, it is is my hope that the NIL contracts um, ask the kids to do something, obviously, in return for the cash. Like, you know, I I think the idea of – look, I want college to be as much of a learning experience for them as it was for us in some way, shape, and form. And so that's why I've always actually been a really big proponent and Barrett Salif out of this idea, so I can't claim it totally. But like the idea of majoring in football – is not like oh, I am a I'm majoring in being a defensive tackle. No, it's the idea of hey, you're a football player. That's what you love to do. How can we turn this into a career, right? Whether it be business or whether it be broadcasting, right? Whether it be the business of teaching other kids how to how for it to be a business, like much like the guys uh, like Aaron Murray and Drew Butler have done, you know, in the NFT space and in the NIL space, right? How can I turn my love, my passion, even if it's just for four years, into being down the line? And so I, I think that you know that kind of folds into this is like there should be something required of these kids, um, you know, and I think all of like, I think all of this stuff can be a valuable experience. I think the education doesn't have to be keeping these kids el- eligible in some economics class. I think I think you know these um, these these contracts they sign should not be you know you make one post and I'll give you fifty k. No, I think it should be I will show up somewhere. I will sign six-year-old Jimmy's Jersey and talk to his dad about how much they love the, the program and and interact with fans and you know understand why I'm making 20k or you know one thousand dollars for three appearances because people value my time this business values my time these people who are coming here to have it signed you know, stuff signed value my time so I think all of this, the NCAA, once again, I thought it was indeed Sardi's word again, chicken shit move for them to cower <laughs> out of making any rules about this at all. It was. Right? I think that's just how it was. Um, and so I, I am a big proponent of all of these things that they can look, they can all be monitored. You're gonna miss stuff sometimes, right? It's not you're gonna catch everything, but all the stuff can be monitored, all the stuff can be used as part of a learning and growth experience as well as payment for the players. All of these things can be true. You should sign a contract. You should uphold the contract. You know, Quinn Ewers signed that three-year deal for $1.4 for whatever company. He should, you know, have to either negotiate a way out, if it's a local company, I forget what company it was, in Columbus, or he should honor that contract as he goes to Texas. That is my opinion. I'm fine with all these things happening. I just think we could all make this much more of a constructive experience yeah. for everybody involved so we can stop complaining about it. Not, not saying you guys are complaining. I'm just saying, like, I think there's a way to do it. Now people say, oh, it's too idealistic. Well, the NCAA just does not like to get off their ass and do anything. Uh, things like punishing LSU, except for punish
1: players. Oklahoma State, yeah, punish
0: and Missouri. Don't don't I haven't forgotten. Um You know, punish <laughs> schools like that. God forbid LSU. You know, I am BYU
3: star basketball player, a nine-game suspension for filing paperwork out of order to get himself back into school after declaring for the NBA draft. That should show What's you everything. What was the right? Jerry
0: Tarkanian quote? It was like uh I forgot what it was. It was like. Kentucky does something wrong and NC State gets punished. I believe that was – Yes. The exact but
3: Cleveland State was the school. Right? Yeah, Cleveland
0: State was the school that I used. Yes. So, you know, there is a more constructive way the NCAA cannot punt and use their time to, to build this stuff. Suffice to say, Lane Kiffin is correct. There is some element of free agency. My point here is it doesn't have to be all out, like, just, you know, completely weirdness. Like, we can have the offensive linemen at all these schools eating the barbecue once a week. Going there, being seen, getting their – like, this can all be fine. And also, here's the thing. Has NIL changed this sport fundamentally to where anybody this year was like, I can't watch this? Not
1: even a little
3: bit. Nope. It's still the dysfunctional – craziness that we all love yeah like it's still a just i mean well this
0: <laughs> i guess shake you're right this sport is absurd for so many other reasons than yeah. the ones that we're talking about right now there's so much other i mean we had you know paul assassin's number one right where it's like let's just brush off the monkey biting the kid even though there's a lawsuit now. um anybody want to have any closing thoughts on il because obviously as we approach early signing day this is a theme as we move forward now this is why kids are signing guys Jake. Nice.
3: So on the BYU front, they were obviously mentioned in Sportico's report saying that they looked into their yeah. billboard deal with Miami. I have it on very good authority that the BYU answered all the questions the NCAA had. And the NCAA said, okay, we're good. And that uh, – it's a nothing burger. The, the fact that mm-hmm. Sportico said it was an active investigation, I'm like, guys, this is nothing. Like – it's just it's more of what you which what you mentioned josh the ncaa wants somebody else to handle this business for them they were hoping the united states congress is going to step in and put into a legislation some kind of federal law and guess what hasn't happened yet and the ncaa refuses to actually budge on it so until they do guess what stuff like this is going to happen end of story
0: yeah, the idea that somehow they were going to agree on well, here's the thing: There actually was a lot of agreement in Congress on this. But the, the idea that they're going to take time to pass a bill on this was absolutely asinine. I mean, they would be like, "Okay, let's sit down and write some legislation for it." For it. hell no, they were not going to do that. And, and you're right. And also think about this too: Bill Barr and another sponsor here, but just any business, sure. any school, aren't going to put that stuff on video if there's something nefarious happening. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not like they're not gonna be like, Well, we didn't check the rules here. No, they're not gonna put that kind of thing on video unless they're like, Hey, this is okay, this this is cool, this is positive. We'll put that on video. It is something said, and it's not just once again, not because they're a sponsor just generally thinking, like, why would they do that? And I, I don't think BYU is a school where it's like, well, we didn't think. No, they, they're thinking obviously about what they're doing there.
3: This company's not going to throw millions of dollars at a project that may end up just getting shut down outright.
0: <laughs> right. and, and and take a massive PR hit for them yeah. publicly. Uh, all right. Uh, one more word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the best place to find all of your sports action needs. Bowl games coming up. College basketball is going on. So you got the bowl games as well. There's two. NBA is going on. NFL is going on. The former one just wrapped up. Awesome end of the season. But also, you got UFC. You got boxing. You got NHL. All those things are happening right now. You can find all of them at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on, to receive a. Uh, 50% deposit bonus. You deposit $100. We'll give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. And also, our friends at Built Bar are our sponsors of this podcast. Uh, you can go check out all the flavors they have available right now at built.com. A nice healthy option for you all this holiday season. Use that promo code LOCKED15, one Lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Check out their built. Go their built boost and find all of those things there. In addition to their built bars now at built.com. All right, let's wrap some things up here. So John, I'll uh, ask you, is there anything you're looking forward to this coming week? Beside outside of, of signing, Well, if you want to mention something on signing day, sure you can. You mean signing day. Talk about a bowl game coming up. Anything you want. You can go anywhere you want to go for the coming week until we meet again. What are you looking forward to?
2: Well, I'm just curious to see how high this uh, Oklahoma Sooners recruiting class can climb. A week ago, 247 Sports and their consensus team rankings, they were 27th uh, after several decommits in the 2022 class. They've now climbed into the top 10. Uh, the Brent Venables, Jeff Levy effect is in full effect. And also got to give a, a big shout out to all the assistant coaches, the DeMarco Murrays, the Joe John Finleys, the Cale mm. uh, Gundy, the Bill Bedenboe. These guys have been crushing it on the recruiting trail. As soon as the kind of the dust settled on, on the Lincoln Riley thing, they were already out doing in-home visits and really have been the MVPs um, carrying the, the recruiting uh, focus until Brent Venables and Jeff Levy were able to come on board and then kind of take it the next level. It's been really, really interesting to see how Venables and Levy have shifted their focus to the southeast as well. Support for them moving forward. Jake,
0: it's a bowl game coming up this weekend for the you. Yep. Cougars.
2: Yeah, BYU
3: is in Shreveport, Louisiana already getting ready for the Independence Bowl against UAB. I'm expecting them to win. I'm expecting them to go uh, 11-2 this season. That would go after an 11-1 season last year to win 22 games in two seasons. Mm. A lot of good times in Provo right now. And I will say, and I mentioned
0: this too, like the reason why BYU is joining the Big 12 – is so when they go ten and two against what was a not an easy schedule? This was not some cupcake schedule. They don't have to go to Shreveport, Louisiana. I was, was going to say here.
3: that's the thing. BYU fans—they're very eager to get in the Big Twelve because yeah, if you if you have the type of season that they had this year, if they were ten and two, they're very much in the college football, well, not playoff conversation, the New Year's Sixth conversation, Alamo
0: Bowl potentially. You know, kind oh, of that, that kind of tier yeah, of bowl game. Yeah, yeah you're,
3: you're, you're not playing the second day of the bowl season's
1: playing. Let's just put it
3: that way. You're playing yeah. post Christmas.
0: Linda, what are we looking forward to this week? Pretty good recruiting class for the Pokes.
1: Yeah, very excited about the recruiting class. It's one of the best, maybe ends up the best in Oklahoma State history. So fantastic for them. I'm glad that uh, Jim Knowles leaving doesn't seem to have sent a giant uh, mushroom cloud into our recruiting class. Um, a lot of wide receivers coming in. I'm super excited to have Brennan Presley's brother, Braylon mm-hmm. Presley, come in. What a star for Bixby. Uh, but I'm excited to continue reading the rumor mill on who comes in for the defensive coordinator. And then last night I picked my bowl matchups at about two AM and emailed them to my father for our pick'ems. And I know I picked BYU in Oklahoma because I was actively like, this is for my guys. But um beyond <laughs> that, I'm gonna have to like recheck my email <laughs> and make note of who I picked for these bowl games. So I love bowl game season. I like it's just like, uh, you know, the basketball tournament at March Madness for me. I like keeping my list and marking off picks. And so this is one of my favorite times of the year.
0: I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm going to take a look at Obviously, I'm excited for all the Big 12 recruiting classes to see where all these teams land. I've had a bunch of I mean, people. Here's the thing. Uh, the analytics say this for football wise is that analytically, the Big 12, the new Big 12 is a power five conference. Um, recruiting wise, they're not. Um, so they're, perform- they're outperforming basically the recruiting classes, which, which is good, which is good. But I think this is an awesome year for Big 12 recruiting. Uh, it looks like everybody's having a, a pretty decent year. And also I want to shout out some basketball because this weekend um, we're going to see the Gonzaga Bulldogs take on the Texas Tech. Red Raiders. And that one's going to be in the Jerry Jerry Colangelo Classic. Uh, Footprint Center, I believe it is where the Suns play. They've changed that arena's name a few times, I feel like. Uh, So I enjoy seeing Gonzaga always in the early season tour. They always challenge themselves with a lot of really tough teams. And I want to see an awesome test for Mark Adams' group at Texas Tech. So a little bit of hoops action right there to shout out. All right, everybody, time to plug
2: all of your work in its beautiful variety. John, you're up first. Yeah, you can follow Locked On Sooners on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can also subscribe to the show on YouTube now. We're at about 830 subscribers, so help us get to 1,000 by the end of the year. I would be ecstatic. And I can tell my wife, hey, it's all worth something, so make sure you do that. Uh, You can also read my work over at The Sooners Wire at Powered by USA Today.
3: All right, Jake uh locked on cougars on facebook instagram and twitter it's all the same handle there we are coming soon to youtube i am in the process of getting a uh, locked on cougars on youtube so hoping to have that up running soon if you want to follow my personal work you can check me out it's my full name jacob c hatch
1: and linda yeah you can find locked on pokes at locked underscore on underscore pokes on twitter locked on pokes facebook locked on pokes on all your podcast platforms and then most of my fantasy football work you can find on Twitter at Lindellians.
0: You can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at Lo Big Twelve. You can find us on uh, wherever you guys get your podcasts, and also find us on YouTube, just like up Locked On Big Twelve. All right, friends, see you all next week.